You're listening to the Crosscheck NHL Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Welcome to the Crosscheck NHL Show. We have a fantastic show for you today because lots of things happened over the weekend. It was extremely eventful from the organizational change perspective, from the insane events that happened on the ice perspective. Mary Clark from For the Win and myself, Andrew Berkshire from the Montreal Gazette and Game Over Montreal on the Steve Dangle Podcast Network. We'll be breaking it down for you today. But first, our title sponsor is Omaha Steaks. The holidays are around the corner and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar in order to uh, find the perfect gift package. This is the Crosscheck NHL show on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are here every Tuesday and Thursday, and we're excited to talk to you today. Mary, how was your weekend? Oh, Andrew, it was relaxing. Uh, I had, like I said uh, last show, I had three days off, um, and I was going to enjoy it to the fullest because it's a busy time, and we are now officially in busy season for me. Um, But everything is good. Weekend was great. Got to see... The family um, got to we. My family got our Christmas tree uh, on Sunday, which was nice. So we're all decorated. Uh, you can't see it on the Zoom recording, Andrew, but uh, there is a Christmas tree in my room up here. Um, that Luna is. I'm doing my best to keep Luna away from it. So so far so good. But we'll see how it goes within the next couple of weeks. But we're you know we're ready for uh, the holiday season here, and it's just been. It was a good weekend. Um, feeling rested and recharged yeah i we grew up with a cat in our house uh and christmas was always an interesting time of year to see what the cat would do to the tree one thing you don't see anymore and for good reason is tinsel do you remember tinsel mm-hmm. yeah cats eat that eh? yeah <laughs> we had to take our cat to the vet because it was like you can't pull it out you know it's it could hurt them internally so uh if you have a cat i know tinsel isn't a big thing anymore but do not use tinsel mm-hmm. yeah as a first-time cat owner uh this has been an experience so thankfully so far it's been okay but yeah i am i don't know if i trust her all the time because she can be a menace as you guys have probably heard on this podcast multiple times before yeah our cat when we were growing up definitely knocked down our tree more than once so it's it's a risk i mean even with young kids we have we bought like a fence that goes around the bottom of the tree to prevent them from smashing ornaments so we haven't got our tree up yet. We're going to try to do that next weekend. But it's an exciting time of year. Everybody loves the holidays, right? Uh, yeah. But to get right into it, uh, we've got some crazy topics for you today. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens axed their entire management group, essentially, and uh, brought in Jeff Gorton as VP of Hockey Operations, which is a new position with the Montreal Canadiens. We're going to talk about that, and we're also going to talk about Bitegate. <laughs> Brendan Lemieux tried to gnaw off Brady Kachuk's hand in a game. And on top of that, we also had some other drama in that uh, Artemi Panarin threw his glove at Brad Marchand while they were both on the bench after some allegedly pretty gross comments from Brad Marchand, who is also now subject to a hearing from the NHL for a slew foot, which is kind of Brad Marchand unhinged all of a sudden out of nowhere. (laughs) And finally, we're going to finish up with Evander Kane and Matt Murray on waivers and talk about what's going on there. But before we get into all of that, we got to talk about the Montreal Canadiens because that is the topic du jour Probably the biggest news of the weekend. It leaked initially that the Canadians were talking to Jeff Gordon or got permission to talk to Jeff Gordon 
to come in as a hockey operations person. They didn't say whether it was president or vice president, but the idea was that he was going to be at the very least above Mark Bergevin. Then it leaked that Scott Mellenby, who was the assistant GM of the Montreal Canadiens resigned in the middle of their game. And then after that, it leaked that he resigned after meeting with Molson as Mark Bergevin's proposed successor to be their next GM or a president of hockey operations. And Molson basically said, no, we're not doing that (laughs) and went with a complete change of direction. So Mark Bergevin fired on Sunday, Trevor Timmons, their head of, uh, I think it was professional and amateur scouting also fired on Sunday and Paul Wilson, their head of uh, public relations also fired on Sunday along with Scott Mellonby who walked out. So the four of the most important people in the organization are gone. The Canadians are now actively in a general manager search. Mary, what's your impression of this whole situation? I mean, I I said it on Twitter that Bergevin probably should have been gone uh, back when the Canadians made their disastrous first round pick of Logan Mayu. Uh, But as we know with hockey culture, that wasn't happening. Uh, But I mean, we all kind of knew this was coming. Uh, Like we have talked about on the show, we thought the Canadians were not going to be very good this year. Um, there's just too much of a drop off in talent um, from their Stanley Cup, their Stanley Cup final run. And that was pretty miraculous. And, you know, we've mentioned how, you know, the Cinderella stories usually don't stick around or kind of implode after their, you know, after their runs. Uh, and that's kind of what happens here. And the writing's been on the wall for a little while. Um, you know, we talked about how uh, being a GM in Canada was the safest position, but this is probably alongside Vancouver the rockiest of the Canadian GM positions um so this isn't exactly a surprise but it's good to see that they kind of you know wholesale changed everyone in the up top because that means that you know they can start to I hate to say it but rebuild or at least you know get a fresh start basically because I think this Canadians organization needed it it'd be great if they you know renounce the Logan Mayu pick but I don't think they're going to from the comments I saw today um, but this is at least a good first step in, you know, building back goodwill with the fans and, you know, trying to build a competitive hockey team again. Like they, they captured lightning in a bottle, not to, you know, use a, the lightning as a metaphor here, cause they obviously won the Stanley cup, but they captured lightning in a bottle in that Stanley cup run. But if, you know, they can build up a strong foundation cause they've got some really nice young players. They just need, you know, more, they need to, you know, get rid of the, I mean, the, the team's pretty old, so they have to, you know, fill out the roster with, you know, younger talent, good talent. Um, and hopefully they'll be back eventually. I don't see them being competitors for a while. I think, you know, taking their time to rebuild is probably the best way to go for them, even though they probably don't want to hear that. But yeah, I mean, like I said, we've seen this coming for a while. Um, nothing about this is shocking, especially with how the Canadians have played this year. We've mentioned it before. They've kind of like, you know... It's just been really disappointing, offensively kind of a black hole. Um, you know, without Carey Price, their goaltending has suffered. Um, he's still not back as far as I'm aware. Um, no, he skated this morning. Okay, well, time. that's good. Um, but they haven't been able to string together back-to-back wins all season. Um, it's just been bad all around. Um, so, yeah, it like I said, not a surprise. I hope this is a good, fresh slate for the team and... For the fans to, you know, rebuild their trust back with the organization. Yeah, I think that's a really big thing. And I think it's something that wasn't necessarily mentioned by Jeff Molson. He did a media availability on Monday and he was talking about uh, things that they needed to change. And he mentioned a couple of the things that very much needed to change in 
drafting and developing better. Specifically, he mentioned uh, supporting their players better and developing them better as prospects. That's a huge, huge issue. Like <laughs> I've been hitting on this all season long and many seasons now that they have a terrible, terrible development record. He also mentioned a smarter and more progressive approach to medical care, including building a team, a medical team in house in, with the Montreal Canadiens to address mental health for players. Now I'm guessing that the Druin situation last year and then the Carey Price situation this year has really pushed Molson in that direction to try to take care of players' mental health, which great on him for recognizing it. Maybe late in the game, you know, he's been the owner for a long time, but I think you have to give credit where credit's due on that front. And he also mentioned diversity in hockey operations, which to me, I really hope that means opening things up beyond the regular hockey men and including women in the process, including smart people who aren't necessarily hockey people in the process, because that's an area where if the Canadians were actually to accept people like that in, you can have a competitive advantage over most teams who don't. You can have people who think the game a very different way. Like I talked to Chris Watkins on my game over show on the weekend, and he's a fantastic hockey researcher and analyst he came to the game very late in life compared to most people. And because of that, he sees things so much differently about the game than most people who are raised with hockey. And I find his perspective so refreshing and interesting. And I don't necessarily agree with him on everything, but having someone with a perspective like that, I think is invaluable in a game that's so adaptable and so open to change in terms of like what you could do versus what's always been done. I think the Canadians have a real opportunity here to do something special. I hope they actually see it through. So there's some positivity here. And you talked, Mary, about rebuilding that trust with the fans. I think that whole, uh, their PR guy, Paul Wilson, being fired goes a long way towards that. He had a very combative relationship with media. Uh, he was accused of being a bully, you know, uh, disrespecting people. I think that is a first step towards rebuilding trust with the fan base and showing that there is accountability for both him and the general manager and the management team for the fact that the Canadians would have missed the playoffs for the last five straight years, if not for the pandemic. So there's, it's a lot of good news here. Our friend of the show, Jay Fresh Hockey mentioned that uh, the Canadians kind of had the best of both worlds and they had a really fun cup run and they got to clean house. Yeah. So I think that like you could say that there's some maybe moves that were made in the off season that are not ideal anyway, but yeah, in a way they did kind of get the best of both worlds. Now the question is how much can they fix? Yeah. That's that's the really big thing. Um I'm not sure what what the path forward here is for them just in terms of like, you know, roster composition. I mean, they're going to be bad this year. It's you know, getting a top pick is going to be good for them, I think, but you know, I mean, they're, they've got, you know, their young players. I mean, Cole Caulfield hasn't had a very good season this year and went to the minors for a little bit, but then came back recently and, you know, scored his first goal of the season. Um, you know, you've got Nick Suzuki, who has actually kind of looked is he's been at least a decent bright spot. Uh, so if they can build around those two, uh, but they need to get, you know, some, you know, youth on defense, they need to, you know, find basically the successor to carry price. Uh, because he's not going to be around basically like this is probably Car that like Stanley Cup run was probably Carey Price's last you know stand in the you know in terms of Stanley Cup contention I would think but I would you know you'd have to they basically have to start rebuilding you know different parts of their team but if they can build around 
Caulfield and Suzuki and I don't know who else is in their minor system currently, but I think that that's a good place for them to go. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough road. Uh, but it has been for the Canadians, as you said. That if it wasn't for the pandemic, they would have missed the playoffs for five straight seasons. So, you know, we've all seen this coming, except for that one, you know, bright spot that they had in getting to the Stanley Cup final and that pretty fun run overall. Yeah, and that's one thing that I think a lot of fans don't necessarily understand who are keyed in on that cup run and saying like, oh, well, look at the success. Teams who are not great can have that lightning in a bottle situation where they make the cup final, right? The fact is, if it's not sustainable, it can be fun, but it doesn't necessarily mean a lot. They right? also not- got lucky in that their, you know, their opponents, uh, their first line centers were all pretty much knocked out due to injury or other reasons. See, I, I don't buy the injury thing because the Canadians had injuries too. I think you could argue that they had worse injuries than Vegas had or I still think, had. you know, if Tavares hadn't gone down in the manner that he did, Toronto probably would have pulled Maybe, that but, series, but if Brendan Gallagher could shoot, his hand was broken. If Shea Weber could shoot, his hand was broken. You know, like there's tons of injuries that you can point to. I think anytime you get into the injury stuff and like, oh, well, if this happens, well, it's what happened. Yeah. I mean, we're playing with we're playing with hypotheticals and what ifs. So it's just they're interesting thought experiments, basically, at least. Yeah. And the fact is, like, Toronto won three straight without Tavares. Mm -hmm. So they have no excuses. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. This is true. They didn't even show up in games. I mean, there's, they they defeated themselves. They're doing really well right now. And who is it? Like Pierre Lebrun was like, I know we have to, I know that there's trepidation about the Leafs and I don't want to make it all about the Leafs, but that he's like, I know there's trepidation about the Leafs, but it feels like this could be their year. And the Maple Leafs fans are like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. (laughs) So yeah, I did too. I said they were a juggernaut last night just to, uh, perfect. Yes. Uh, sorry to make it all about the Leafs, but, I That's thought okay. that that was funny, at least, just because we know how this goes for Toronto fans. But yeah, so there's it's an interesting time for the Montreal Canadiens. I do wonder if the fan base gets a little bit more electrified, if the team seems like they have a bit of a breath of fresh air here, clean slate, because there's potential for it, you know. And I don't know if they're going to do anything more than finish in the bottom of the league this year anyway, but. At the very least, maybe it'll be a little bit more entertaining to watch. And at least it seems they have, you know, a direction they're going towards. There's hope. It yes. doesn't seem like they're going to be stuck between two worlds, basically, because they had such a like an old core, basically, of players. And I mean, a lot of them, like you know, Shea Weber hasn't played at all this season. Um, but still, like they've they've had they've kind of have their feet in both, you know, young players, like super super young players, and a aging core. So maybe now is like you know. They get rid of the old players eventually, you know, not this season, I would assume, but start fresh. And that seems it having a direction is good. There's finally, it seems to be hope in the Canadians organization for the first time in a, in a long time, even without their Stanley Cup run, notwithstanding. Yeah. And the thing is, like, they have an opportunity here with Jeff Gordon being the vice president of hockey operations that they can bring in somebody with new ideas as a GM and have them be insulated because Gordon's already been a GM in the NHL for a long time. So you have the ability to get creative. Sorry. Uh, there have been kind of rumblings already that the leading candidate is Daniel Briere. I'm not sure how I feel Danny about that. Danny Briere. Yeah, I, I know. Him. Briere is, from what I can find, he seems to be pretty well respected as a hockey mind. He's a pretty smart guy. Uh, pretty put together he's been working in the echl over the last few seasons i believe uh has been running a team there 
which is interesting. I think Matthew Darsh is another very interesting option. He's working with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I know that Matthew Darsh is a very smart guy. So two possible candidates there. I do wish they would look outside of former players. But I know. if they can find somebody who actually knows what they're doing and they can surround them with other people with different perspectives, like you, you accept that at a certain point. But I'd love to see them do something totally out of the blue that takes people off guard. Yeah. I have such a soft spot for Danny Brio, though. Uh, no, I was, mean, how know. could you not? I know. Right? Playoff killer. Oh. You know, he had his ups and downs in Montreal the one year that he was here. And he wrote about how, like, you hear some of the stuff behind the scenes that Michel Therrien pulled with him. And you're like, you did that to Daniel Briere? <laughs> mm-hmm. You're the worst. But yeah. uh, in the playoffs, he was money as usual. And uh, he was just a fun player to watch. He really yeah, was. He was. He was inspiring, right? He was one of those little guys who continually mm-hmm. defied the odds and came up in big situations. Absolutely killer in Philly. Absolutely killer in Buffalo. Decent uh, time in Montreal. Uh, Arizona, I feel like not not as much but yeah i mean that's kind of what happens when you go to arizona unfortunately for the most part but yeah i think all good things for the canadians obviously you know they have to you know put their money where their mouth is basically and you know put these things into action and hopefully you know their you know stuff about diversity and all that is true so yeah if it's not just buzzwords it's really good news yeah yeah this is what we want from you know we want new blood. We want hockey culture to change, and this is one of the ways that they can enact change. So I hope it. I hope they're true to their word. So we'll, we shall see. Yeah, we shall. All right. So we'll wrap up that segment here. Next up, we're going to talk about Bitegate, which is extremely exciting because everyone loves some drama, right? But before that, we got to tell you about Omaha Steaks. The holidays are around the corner, and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you can get 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignon, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use the code NHL, you'll also get an additional 8 Omaha Steak Burgers free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com and you'll get eight free burgers when entering the code NHL. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. omahasteaks.com, keyword, NHL. I would like some free burgers. That sounds very nice to me. (laughs) But if you are heading into the holidays, alongside your meals, you also probably want to chill out and watch some TV. But does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows, and you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle. A great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, Mary. So, uh, Brendan Lemieux, cannibal? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. What a, what a 
couple of days. You mentioned unhinged earlier up top. This is the most unhinged we've seen the NHL in some time, in my opinion. Uh, what was the last biting incident we've had? I was can't it remember. Alex I can't remember, but I was thinking back to when you know Brad Marchand was you know licking people. This is the oh, last God. time. This is the la- that that was the last time. I feel like hockey Twitter all got together to you know dunk on things and you know it was this it just felt the same i had that you know nice warm feeling of ah this is this is what we want as hockey twitter to be just completely unhinged all the time also did you see the i I know we're gonna get to you know the story in the fallout but did you see uh someone paid gilbert godfrey to read uh brady kachuk's comments uh and it wasn't as good as i wanted it to be because i struggled with it the the mispronouncing kachuk is the best part though oh i know what did he say it was like Takachuk or something like that. Uh, just go find it on Twitter. It's on. It's easily searchable on Twitter. But you can continue with, you know, your details of the story. But I just, I saw that this morning. I was like, this is the best thing. This story just keeps on giving. I'm so thankful. All right. So forgive me for forgetting the LA Kings player who did it. But someone snowed the goalie and Brady Kachuk went after them. And then Brendan Lemieux came in and tried to fight Brady Kachuk. And in the con, like in the scrum where they got knocked down, uh, for whatever reason, Brendan Lemieux tried to bite Brady Kachuk on the hand and seemingly succeeded to the point of making him bleed, which is uh, to, to actually break skin. <laughs> oh, you have to be chomping Man. hard. To, you have to be, yeah. you have to be, you know, chomping hard to break skin. You really do, especially on like the finger where... Man, that must have hurt a lot. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it to... looked painful as, you yeah. know, as because, you know, watching the clips, you can see... Like, obviously, you can't see, you know, his teeth, but you can see the moments where you you would assume he is biting him uh and it did and you know kachuk was not pleased at all he was no his quotes were phenomenal yes calling him a brickhead chef's kiss so good i'm gonna should i just read out the quote for just read out the quote yeah just okay so this is from bruce garriock from uh, the ottawa sun uh kachuk was furious he said this is the one time i'm gonna answer this it was the most gutless thing somebody could ever do this guy, you can ask any one of his teammates. Nobody ever wants to play with him. This guy is a bad guy and a bad teammate. He focuses on himself all the time. The guy is just a joke. He shouldn't be in the league. This guy's gutless. No other team wants him. He's going to keep begging to be in the NHL, but no other team is going to want him. He's an absolute joke. I can't even wrap my head around it. People don't even do this. He's just a bad guy. It's outrageous. Kids don't even do that anymore. Babies do that. I don't even know what he was thinking. He's just a complete brickhead. <laughs> He's got nothing up there. Bad guy, bad player, but what a joke he is, said Kachuk. I find it really funny because uh, context to the whole bad guy thing, because it sounds so tame. Justin Bourne was tweeting after it, and he said this before, that in hockey culture, calling someone a bad guy is like the ultimate insult. Yeah, it's not and a, then... It's not a chirp anymore. It's like, you're just a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> And then it's like very like grade school, like mm, shame on you. Well, I mean, that's like kind of the the nature of hockey culture. Everybody wants to be a, a good teammate. So if you're being singled out as, you know, a bad guy, a person no one wants to be around that that makes sense that that's a really uh, as elementary as it sounds. It's, you know, a very poignant insult. Uh, and then you see that quote about like Jonathan Quick, I guess, defending Lemieux. Uh, and he's like, I'd rather have him on my team than Kachuk. I'm like, you, nah, nah, n- yeah, no. nah, nobody believes that. Like, again, no. he needed to, I guess, step up for his teammate because hockey culture and, you know, being a good teammate. But, oh, man, what a fun thing this was. Obviously, don't bite people. We, sh- I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> do we Do we actually need to say that out loud? <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know, Andrew. I'm going to do it anyway. But obviously, don't bite people. But man, this was a... <laughs> What a fun story this was! Just of all the of all the players, if Brady Kachuk is calling you a brickhead, you you should just retire right now. Like Brady Kachuk, of all people, like that man is he's got so much going on, and just what just what a good quote, what a good quote, what a fun. And then did you see his reaction in the penalty box where he like sighs and you know dramatically and just kind of falls over in the penalty box it's great there's a, there's a really funny clip of that where he's just like I, I guess he just i don't know can't believe what he's seeing or i'm not sure the specific context but he's in the he's in the penalty box he makes this big dramatic overture basically it's just so funny uh god bless the the chuck brothers honestly what great content they have given us over the years uh so thank you for that um yeah it, they truly are the content boys no offense to the locked on sharks podcast exactly but oh just what a what a great way to spice up a holiday weekend and then even before that uh the, the... oh before we move on to that uh, did you see that matt kachuk also commented on it He's, yeah i saw it but i don't remember yeah, what he said he just said that he agreed with his brother and he was like yeah nobody yeah, likes it... that guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> which you know honestly he i could see that being true brennan lemieux just seems like an awful person <laughs> like between being part of the whole watch your tone podcast with yeah i was Tony gonna D'Angelo say mm-hmm. and wearing like mega hats and everything and just being an all-around gutless agitator on the ice like yeah doesn't seem like a fun dude a night no, you know a, a nice dude so it's just what a what a funny incident overall though just i cannot believe someone bit someone and drew blood on the ice it, the it's so yep. elementary, but it's it's just it's so good for the content, for the memes, because they've all been fantastic. So thank God we are we got that over the holiday weekend because I checked out mostly from sports because, you know, I was taking a couple of days off for myself. But I saw that and was like, oh, perfect. Yeah. Good. content. And then the other thing quickly was uh, Brad Marchand and Artemi Panarin getting up to it and. Uh, it ended in a hilarious clip of Panarin throwing his glove at Marshawn on the bench. But what went into it before that was very interesting because apparently Marshawn made some comments about Panarin and uh, Russia and about how nobody likes him over there. I think the way that people interpreted it at the beginning was that Marshawn was saying something like xenophobic about Russia and like telling Panarin, like, go back to Russia. But from what I understood, he was criticizing Panarin because people in Russia don't like him because he'd criticized Putin. Putin. Yeah. Which, first of all, Marshawn, that's a terrible chirp. Ugh, mm-hmm. Vladimir Putin doesn't like you. I, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like props to Panarin. But uh, also, didn't Panarin miss time recently because he thought that his family was being targeted by Putin? So, like, that seems a little bit off limits to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a little. I mean, we, we know that Brad Marchand is noted agitator like i mentioned before he he famously licked people yes uh so uh the his antics are kind of par for the course you've just all kind of accepted that that's the way he is but yeah it definitely seems to have if if true it seems to have definitely crossed a line a bit but the glove toss itself is still hilarious to me like just the way the way it goes down he just tosses it at him and then he asks for it back afterwards (laughs) it's so good it's just just like i said we had two great unhinged moments in the NHL this week, and we don't often get that because sometimes this this sport can be very vanilla, 
So it was just great to see some, you know, fun. I'm just going to say harmless, but it's not really harmless. The bite wasn't harmless. The bite the glove wasn't toss- yes. More glove tossing, less biting. Yeah. I think that's that's the takeaway It's more the, the memes are fun, but yes, the bite was definitely harmful, but the glove toss was harmless. So Yeah, just- I had a zem- semi-viral tweet that went uh, after the yeah the Kachuk thing. Yeah, it was good. It was very good. Uh, yeah. So just a great time for the memes and the jokes. Um now I expect hockey to be super quiet and nothing fun to happen uh, for the next three months because of that. So just enjoy the jokes and the memes while you can. I don't think it's too late to get off, um, you know, to get off your jokes. Uh, so because it reminded me of um, when uh, I think it was also Marchand who missed the shootout attempt against the Flyers. You just like whiffed over the puck. That was a great day on, on uh, Twitter, too, when you just completely whiffed that shootout a couple years back. So just a, you know. I live for those moments of hockey personality because we don't often get them. Like, we see great goals and stuff like that, but that doesn't always transcend the sport. But stuff like the glove toss and biting, like, that is... that is It is crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's just I think good anything for the content. That, anything funny that happens to Brad Marchand is good content. Too. Yeah, exactly. Like, missing the penalty shot. I know that, like, the picture of him crying after the Bruins lost in the cup final against is a great St. Meme. Louis. Oh, my God. It was, like... I know many people who had that as their phone background for like two years after. It's so good. So that tells you how good it was. I mean, Brad Marchand is a great player, but his agitating ways can be obnoxious. So I think yes. it's fair game for him for him to get trolled from hockey fans because he does a lot of trolling on the ice. So it's only fair game, in my opinion. Well, especially when like he has a history of intending to injure guys too. So Yeah, exactly. I, I think anything bad that happens to him that outside of like actual injury is, is yes. good. Yes. Anything that inconveniences Brad Marchand is good for the game. Exactly. All right. So we'll wrap it up there. Coming up next, we're going to talk about some high profile, big contracts on waivers and neither of them were taken. So interesting there. But before that, we got to talk to you about Bet Online. It's, well, just past Thanksgiving weekend. And we know what Thanksgiving means football. Nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered for all the holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile app to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus and promo code locked on to receive your bonus. It's not just football either. Bet Online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online. We're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. All right, Mary. So uh, it started with Matt Murray being placed on waivers by the Ottawa Senators, which was a bit of a surprising move. And he cleared, which is not surprising considering his contract and his play, but also Evander Kane, which I guess is not that surprising that he was put on waivers. But this also is not a... su- also not surprising that he cleared He's yeah. cleared, right? Or he? I, I believe so because it's at noon. I didn't hear. It's not. About it's it. not at noon anymore. They changed it. This oh, is. They, yeah, they changed it for West Coast people. I believe it's two p.m. Eastern. Okay, so then he so, hasn't cleaned yet. Clearly. Yeah, it he'll clear by the time we finish this recording. But yes. all, all, you know, it's incredibly unlikely that somebody would. Take I don't him know him. why anybody would take him given all the bad PR surrounding him. So he's gonna also. His contract probably is pretty hefty. Uh, it is. Yeah. So it's, I think it's, it's very it's unlikely. Seven million a year. Yeah, it's very unlikely. So I don't don't expect us to add an addendum to this segment. We're just going to roll with the fact that he's cleared because that is the 
most likely scenario here. But yes, it is. You're right in that two big names, uh, at least from the past handful of years, were on waivers and cleared. It's. I guess we'll start with uh, Matt Murray because that was the first domino. I don't want to say domino to fall because they aren't related, but the first of the two to be put on waivers. Um, man, Matt Murray's career has been something else in his season yeah. in his in his career. I mean, a lot of the reason I don't want to say a lot of, but a bit, part of the reason for his decline didn't his father pass away a handful of years ago? Yeah, yeah, he did. That it's a sad story, and it's really unfortunate that the way Matt Murray's career has declined. I know that I saw a lot of people saying, like, has anybody ever had a start to their career like Matt Murray and fallen off so drastically? And a bunch of people were like, no, no, it's never happened. And I was like, uh, yeah, it has. Cam Ward. Oh yeah. Except for instead of making a move, the Hurricanes just pretended that he was good for a decade. Yeah, I mean, Cam Ward stuck around in the NHL for a while. I don't know if... But shouldn't have. Yes, <laughs> like, but I don't know if... terrible. <laughs> I don't know if Matt Murray will have the, the, the same... The luxury? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, don't... Two Stanley Cups, you'd think they would give him time to figure it out and, you know, try to get himself back. I would assume that he's going to play for the American Hockey League uh, affiliate of the Senators there for a stretch. I think it's the Bing- Binghamton Senators. And see if he can get his game back. And if he gets to a reasonable level, they'll either bring him back up to play for a bit to boost his trade value, or they'll find a partner because as much as, you know, it's hard to take on a big contract right now in the NHL with the flat cap and a lot of teams are capped out. I feel like there's still some thirst for like decent goaltenders. Yeah. On I was going to say contracts, the right? goalie market is probably the, market with the most likely to have movement considering yeah, a whole bunch of just, teams kind of need goaltending right yeah now. even if you just need like a backup plan right in case your starter gets injured heading into the playoffs so by the trade deadline i could see matt murray being moved he's he owed 6.25 million this year and two years after this so until 2024 it's a hefty contract but it's also not unmovable no especially he would have if the to... senators are willing to take a contract back yeah he would have to prove himself though in the minor leagues yes. i don't i don't see a team taking on his you know salary cap for this year and then the next two following um if he's still he hasn't regained his game in the ahl and you know i really hope he does uh he was a really you know a big integral piece of why the penguins won back-to-back stanley cups um, and just the fall off after that was swift and dramatic. Um, and it's, you know, interesting to wonder. I know we talked about, you know, interesting thought experiments, but, you know, it's interesting to wonder if, you know, the Penguins hadn't put, you know, hadn't put Flurry on, you know, the expansion out for the expansion draft and Vegas hadn't taken him what the what the paths would have looked like. But that's, you know, alternate timelines and stuff like that but it's just interesting to see the way things cascaded from there because i mean at the time i was one of the big proponents of you know keeping matt murray because he seemed to be their goaltender of the future i mean he won back-to-back stanley cups with them and was a big reason why then he just had a sudden and swift drop off and i mean ghoulies are voodoo it's so we all know this but it was just a it's been really tough to watch because he seems you know he seems like you know a good dude just playing hockey had some really really high highs in his career uh to start off and then just took a tumble and it hasn't been the same since uh but yeah he's probably a really good deadline acquisition 
if he can get his game back because the goalie market, like I said, is probably going to be moving a lot uh, before the trade deadline. Yeah, I, th- I think there's potential here for Matt Murray to find a home. There's there's teams out there that have needs. So I'm, I'm not as worried about his future career as I would be for some other players in his position. And it depends, he's... though, if he's if he still struggles, because there's a real possibility that happens. If he still struggles, he could, you know, be out of a job. But yeah, but he's got time to figure yes. it out. Right. And if the Ottawa Senators end up buying him out, I think he'll get another chance somewhere. Like it would be very shocking to me if a goaltender who, you know, car- not carried a team, but was a big part of a team to st- for two straight Stanley Cups was just completely out of the league after struggling for essentially two years and a month you know like he hasn't been around the whole year this year so it, it would be very shocking to me if uh, he never got another chance I, th- I think he's owed that just based on what he's done so far in his yeah, career exactly but he does need to work on his game there are very visible issues in his game that he needs to work on so maybe some time away from the spotlight will give him the help he needs now evander kane i would not touch that with a 10-foot pole oh no like, i don't think anybody's going to i don't think so either i don't know what the future is for him because like Complete opposite situation of Matt Murray. Evander Kane is a damn good hockey player, but he is a poisonous person. <laughs> yes. Uh, I hope that he takes this time to, you know, reevaluate things in his life and puts himself on a just a right path for him as a person, not just not just him as a hockey player. You need to get yourself right as a person before you can even think about playing hockey. So I hope that this is kind of a wake-up call. If you know the other things we've talked about uh, on past podcasts weren't previously, I hope, you know, he realizes, um, you know, the choices he's made in his life. And I hope he gets help, too. Like, I hope that the Sharks try and help him. I mean, it has to go both ways. But I hope the Sharks just don't drop him off in the minors and are like, see you later. Um, I hope that they still try and extend help to him. And that he takes it, but it's hard to say that he will because he there's really been no indication that he will, you know, he wants to improve himself. But who knows? Anybody can change. So, yeah, I, I do wonder if the Sharks are even willing to work with him at this point, because from my recollection, when they traded for him, like he was already known as an issue. Right. And they mentioned like their the strength of the leadership in their room. So it kind of sounded like they already tried to work with Kane. And this is still the result. So I wonder if they're just like burnt from it and they just want to like, I think if they could just cut cords with him, they would. But he has uh, three more years after this one at $7 million a year. It's uh, It's a hefty investment. It's a hefty investment. This is why you got to wonder about like, be very careful who you sign long-term contracts with in the National Hockey League. Things can change very quickly. And, you know, it's not about hockey with Kane. He's never been a bad hockey player. It's it's about everything else. Yeah, it's, I mean, we talked about it. It's just an unfortunate situation all around that he's torpedoed his life uh, in multiple ways and multiple avenues because, you know, being in the NHL is not a thing everybody gets to do. Uh, and especially if the talent like him, uh, you know, he's making tons of money. But what good is that if you're now playing in the minors because everything about you is toxic and poisonous so yep. and i also wonder how much the sharks actually want him around their american hockey league team with their prospects and stuff like that doesn't seem that appealing of an option either really yeah i mean so. there's there there's no real good options here for the sharks no. uh i mean can they could they possibly buy out his contract 
I don't know if you can buy out during the season because there's buyout mm. windows, right? Okay. I think they could mutually agree with Kane's representatives to terminate the contract, mm. but that would require him also wanting to do that. And who knows where his thoughts are right now. Yeah. But that, that's all I can think of for, for Kane. Uh, let, before we move on, Mary, just a guess. Who plays an NHL game first, Matt Murray or Evander Kane? Matt Murray. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I, I, I think... Unless there's more of a chance that Matt Murray rebounds uh, his hockey play than uh, Evander Kane rehabilitates uh, himself as a person. Yeah. From what we've seen so far, things yeah. could change. I could be wrong on all accounts, but that's just kind of the way it feels and the trajectories are headed right now. There's more of a chance for me that Matt Murray bounces back as a hockey player than Evander Kane gets his act together in his you know, life as a person. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, we're going to wrap that up, and then we'll get to our pop culture roulette segment in a moment. But first, got to tell you that I love Thanksgiving. Uh, both Thanksgivings, American and Canadian, but we're, we're closer to American Thanksgiving. All the good food and treats and plenty of them, except for stuffing, which is garbage. But maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. Well, you know, Thanksgiving's over, but you probably still have some dessert left, because everybody has some leftovers. It's the perfect time for Bilt Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar, or go for the raspberry Built Bar instead of the raspberry cream pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, or maybe it's past already, go for a Built Bar or two. Share some of your at your family gatherings, and it'll make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month. Limited time of fla flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so check the site often. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Mary, you like how I threw that in there, and you couldn't interrupt me because we were doing an ad read? We're going to talk about it now, Andrew. What's your beef <laughs> with stuffing? Before we get onions. into the... You hate... You can make stuffing without onions. Everyone puts onions in stuffing. You can make stuffing without onions. Plus, it's like 90% of stuffing is like onions and soggy bread. I don't want soggy bread and I don't want onions. Gross. You're you're missing the point of stuffing, which is... It's good. It, it's just Every, nice. It tastes good. Everything good about stuffing if you, is okay. seasoning, and you can just put that on the turkey. If you ever, if we ever meet in person, and you ever come down to Pennsylvania, I will have my mom make her stuffing for you. I'll tell her to leave out the onions because I can't remember if there are any, but I will have my mom make stuffing for you because she makes incredible stuffing. So hold, I will hold you. I will hold you to this. Uh, if we ever, you know, meet in person and my mom is somewhere around in the vicinity, I will make sure that we have stuffing because it's good. It's a, it's just, oh, I'm so disappointed in you, Andrew. <laughs> Your food takes are bad. No, no. Stuffing is bad. I'm sorry. It's just filler. It's like leftover garbage that you put inside the turkey. I don't want that. You don't. don't. You're not supposed to actually put it inside the turkey. That's then not good not, for you. Then it's not stuffing anymore. I, I know, but I actually think you're not supposed to. I think that that's bad for you. I'd have to look that up. I think I saw something on Thanksgiving that was like, please do not put stuffing in your turkey. It actually could be very bad for you. Uh, so don't do that. Make them separately and eat them together when they're on your plate. But do not. <laughs> do not put stuffing in your turkey. Or you don't. can just eat something that tastes good. 
Like what? Mac and cheese? Yeah, definitely. Mac and cheese is way better than stuffing. Come on. I mean, they're great. They're both great. I can't decide. I can't choose between bread and bread and cheese. They're, just, <laughs> they're, they're both good. They're both good. I will not. I will not hear of this stuffing slander. And I'm. I'm happy and sad to announce that I'm looking for a new co-host now. So Andrew, <laughs> you're off the show. This is it. Kicked off. Yep. Exactly. Your bad food takes have gone on for long enough. It's understandable, but. I'm still sad. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So the pop culture roulette segment, I don't have a lot uh, this weekend that I was able to get to. I watched mostly like Christmas movies with uh, with Dylan, which was kind of fun. We watched, uh, what did we watch? Jingle Jangle, I think was a new one on Netflix. Oh, wait. I think I watched that last year. Yeah. Yeah. It, it has like singing and stuff in it, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was cute. Uh, the, the middle kind of dragged a little bit, but I thought that the, like the visuals were kind of neat. It was just a really n- nice Christmas movie. I also def- definitely recommend you watch, I think, is it is it Klaus? Is that the name of it? Yes, I we watched that last year. I really liked that. Oh, that that is such a good film. I need to I need to rewatch it again. Uh, Another that... good one on Netflix is uh, Arthur Christmas. Ooh, okay. If you haven't seen that one. Very good. Have to tell many bedtime stories about Arthur Christmas. <laughs> no, I do not think I have seen this, but definitely I will check it out because I'm a good... I love me a good holiday film because they're fun. Um, but that's Absolutely. nice. It's nice to get into the spirit. Um, I guess we and... should also mention that today is Spider Monday. Have you got your Spider-Man tickets yet? No, I'm busy. I have no idea when I'm going to get to see Spider-Man. I will probably go eventually. But my sister was like, are we going to get tickets? And then we never just followed up with one another about it. So no, I have not gotten tickets yet. I will hopefully I will see it hopefully this month. Probably in the time between, I guess, maybe like Christmas. I don't know. I I want to see it near release because I don't want to be spoiled. But like the stuff that is going to spoil for me is probably stuff we, I can already imagine is going to happen. So yeah, I think things are going to get spoiled pretty quick with this one. It'll be like intolerable to be on the Internet. <sighs> I'm not. Here's you the thing. Get it Marvel, down, Mary. <laughs> Marvel spoilers don't bother me as much, I think, as other spoilers do. I don't know why this is, but I think... I don't know if Marvel spoilers bother me that much, just in general. But maybe that's just because, like, I am a, I'm a Marvel watcher, and that I will watch things and enjoy them, and then maybe interact with the fandom a little bit. But other than that, I'm just like, I'm just here for a good time. Uh, so I don't have like high stakes in Marvel. They're fun. They're great movies to watch. I just I enjoy the fun factor, but I'm not like. I need to be there on day one so I don't get spoiled for stuff that we definitely know is happening. I like so. to not be spoiled. That's, I that's fine. I take opposite. that. She'll like go and read spoilers on purpose. But that's 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 fine. And I'm like that with a lot of things, Andrew. Um, like I am definitely spoiler averse. I guess it's just Marvel's on like a different tier of things I care about, if that makes sense. I don't I don't know how to describe it. But like for like, you know, there are things that like I want to do and I want to want to play where I'm like. I really don't want to see any spoilers like the upcoming Final Fantasy 14 expansion. I don't want to see any spoilers for that until I get there. So I'm trying to, you know, block out my YouTube history. And so I'm trying to take like actual precautions for that. But Marvel films are just like, I'm just going to show up. And if I, whatever I see, I see. Uh, So I guess I just care about different things right now, but I am looking forward to it. It's just trying to find time in this mess of a month for me is going to be difficult especially because like i want to see it with my sister but our schedules are so different we only have certain days that we can do stuff together on just because of our work schedules and everything so it's kind of unfortunate being an adult andrew 
I hate to it say is. it. This is true. So scheduling many factors. is yeah, scheduling is difficult. But um, I guess for me, for pop culture, I started Arcane, the Netflix like League of Legends animated show it's like i don't know how i've never played league of legends in my life so i know nothing about it other than it's a game i definitely am not going to play because i've heard people like you could watch the show but don't play the game because the game is frustrating i'm like you know what that's fair uh but it's good i only watched the the first episode uh, so i don't know anything about it but the world building seems fun the animation is neat um it's got like a lot of detail i don't know it just it, it feels almost like I don't want like paintings come to life in a way. Like, characters are 3D, but like the textures on them are just very neat. Um, so so far it's been good. I'm intrigued about it. I don't really know what what is all happening in it, but uh, I've heard a lot of really good things, so I wanted to try it. Um, other than that, I've just been playing video games and yeah. The big thing is, uh, as I'll probably talk about on Thursday, is uh, the latest Final Fantasy XIV expansion, Endwalker, comes out an early access on Friday. So that'll be what takes over my life for the next month, most likely. Because there's no way I'm going to be able to complete it fast because it's going to be pretty long. And I have lots of responsibilities as an adult with a job, two jobs. So this is true. Yeah. So uh, it'll be, it'll take a while for me to get through it, but I'm very excited uh, to play an MMO expansion on release. Cause I've never, I said it before. I'm not really an MMO person. This is the first th- time I've actually played one. Uh, so it's definitely a different experience than I've ever had in my, like, video game, you know, playing video games in my life. So it's just, I'm excited. It's going to be a good time. Uh, but it is, it's going to take me a while, I seem, to get through it because I'm going to be busy because, you know, between hockey and there's also video game stuff, too, that I'm working on. So it's just a lot of different stuff. It is, and also trying to, you know, see my family because uh, I just got my COVID booster shot. So we are all good to go. You know, obviously still being safe and whatnot, but still. Yes, of course. And you've got this new variant around, so hopefully uh, yeah, every... things don't get too bad again. I, I don't know what to think about it. I, I honestly stay away from reading about it yeah. at this point. I just My behavior hasn't changed in like 18 months. We just continue to do the same thing until yeah. we're past this. Just be safe. Wear your mask. I'm going to repeat uh, Rachel Dory's uh, thing from uh, the Staff and Graf podcast. Wear a mask, get vaccinated, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so just be safe. Do the best you can. Uh, get your booster if you can. This is true. Be safe. All right. That's all we have for you today on the Crosscheck NHL Show. Thanks for making the Crosscheck NHL Show your first listen every Tuesday and Thursday. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, and expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms.